Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and it's October 10th. We have a report today on Hillsborough County Schools' new bell schedule proposal. It's been an issue that's been coming up for more than a year. The school district has wanted to find a way to save some money and also to make sure that all schools start on time with their students in place. It's been a problem that they said they've had for a while, and so now the superintendent, after having done some surveys and some public meetings and a lot of deliberation has come up with a new plan. This one is kind of a surprise. It includes the moving back of high school start times to 8.30 a.m., as has been recommended by most adolescent sleep experts. I have with me today School District Chief Operating Officer Chris Farkas, who's going to discuss with me how they reached the decisions and what implications they have. Let's take a listen. How are, you, how are you doing today? Thanks for talking with me. Certainly, certainly. I'm doing good. Well, I appreciate it. I'm, I wanted to um, talk with you about, obviously, these bell schedules that came out. When I opened it, I was a little surprised, I guess I must say. I, I didn't expect the high school start time to be moved back to 830. Can you tell me a little bit about the process that came to that decision? Certainly. Um, we got distinct feedback from both the community and from our board that, that community input was going to be an important factor as we move forward. Uh, so we went about trying to find the best way uh, through a team of how do we get that input? What's the best way to do that? Um, we want to make sure we didn't exclude any, any group. So we felt that the survey and making it available to as many groups as possible would be the best way to do that. We also planned community meetings and did a lot of social media uh, advertising as well, but felt the survey would be a good way to, to kind of bring all that together. Um, the survey results were, were clear, thank goodness. That made, a, that made the choice and the decision a lot easier. Um, we knew that, that, I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, we knew there was going to be a lot of uh, you know, different opinions and you weren't going to be able to make everyone happy, but the idea that there was a clear winner, regardless of, uh, of group that we disaggregated, made it a much easier uh, decision. Now, the elementary schools would move back by 20 minutes to 740. Is that a concern at all that you're, you're now getting the elementary kids earlier? Did, they, did the parents say anything about that at all? They did. I, I think there was more pushback on uh, high school going earlier, but there was uh, some concern about elementary going earlier. But the reality is with uh, both ERT schools and magnet schools, we already have almost 30% of our elementary schools that go to school before 745 as it is. So, uh, But for the other two-thirds of the elementary schools, I think there'll be some adjustments that go there. Uh, we do have before-school programs at those elementary schools, and they do have... Uh, high participation. So I think there'll be some parents that are happy about that change, but we do realize there'll be some pushback on that. Uh, safety awareness, having kids at bus stops in a, when it may be earlier or maybe a dark is something that we're definitely concerned of. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue to push that safety for all our kids at, at each level. But elementary is definitely a, the primary concern for uh, safety at the uh, bus stop. What about the high schools, though? How did you get to that point of saying 8.30 is the right time for those? Great question. So when we got the survey results, the survey uh, winner, which was choice A, was uh, is obviously not a direct reflection on the survey that's going to or the times that are going to be recommended by the superintendent for the board's approval. Um, 
to be honest with you, we tried to massage what we thought the pain points were going to be, meaning that if uh, pickup for elementary was going to be one of the challenges at 7.30, let's, if, can we push it back 10 minutes to 7.40? Uh, 10 minutes makes a difference when you're trying to get a kindergartner uh, dressed and ready to go. So uh, we, we tried to do any, anything we could to move it, even if it was 5 or 10 minutes, to, to, to make that as, as close to what they chose as possible, but also alleviating some of the concerns for people that may not have chosen that option. But for high schools, 8.30 is a big change, more than an hour. You bet. Well, that's, that is honestly the loudest pushback and the m- most frequent, the most amount of emails, most amount of, uh, of telephone calls, and most participants in our community meetings all pushed for high school going late. So it wasn't just the data from the Psychological Association, some of the longitudinal studies that support that, but also just the basic community feedback on that. Uh, and finding a way that we could do that, but then not putting them out too late um, so that it affected after school activities and events was uh, was the combination. So an 8.30, an hour later start time, but only having a 3.25 dismissal, we think we've tried to find that sweet spot of uh, a later start, but not a, a too late of a dismissal. But then it seems like the high schools are losing a half an hour of instructional time a day. That's a lot of time. Any minute, if you're a high school teacher and trying to get kids settled down, as I was, uh, that is uh, that is any minute is a, is a loss of instruction, is, is not a positive. That being said, we tried to also look at lunches, passing times, things like that. Um, the reality is the most amount of time that will be lost from any classroom is three minutes. Uh, we, we've done a couple different scenarios, and there will be some variations at school sites, but the reality is right now there are 50-minute periods at most sites, and we will not allow anything less than 47 minutes for the traditional Tuesday through Friday day um, per period. So... Um, the three minutes, and any high school teacher will tell you that's a that's a significant amount of time when it comes to bell work or exams, things like that. But we felt like that mitigated being able to get them up an hour later. Um, I think most high school kids would uh, would give up two minutes of uh, of their class to to sleep an hour longer. So hopefully they'll have a more attentive and more uh, restful class and be able to improve the quality of instruction that happens during that 47, 48, or 49 minutes uh, compared to the 50 minutes now. But Obviously, any time you lose instruction as an educator, that's not something I'm going to stand behind and say that that's a positive. The positive is that hopefully we'll have a more well-rested kid. Uh, and also for high school and middle school, remember, it's going to allot for more planning time for our teachers in middle and high school. Elementary's had common planning time uh, for a while. High school rarely has that. So now we've afforded the opportunity, and depending on the work hours, it could be the 7.30 to 8.30 block, you might be able to see time where teachers and like subjects, like grades, can actually plan together. And therefore, we felt like that outweighed the uh, two to three minutes they may, may lose during that, that class period. What about the schools that are on block schedules? I know Middleton, where my son goes, is four periods a day that are each like 95 minutes long. And it'll be the same thing where um, they're going to have to, and that's why we say the variations are going to be a little bit after Tuesday. We'll get the specifics out there. We have a couple, IB in both uh, and, and Middleton, and there's a couple of the programs where they have block scheduling are going to be a little bit more of a challenge. And it isn't the minutes because there's enough minutes in the day. It's how they make lunches work um, with the other schedule, other kids that are not or could possibly not be on block schedule. That's honestly one of the bigger challenges um, to do it. But we have at least one scenario that works. Um, when we saw this was a possibility for timing, we went to our IB and to our block schedules and said, hey, give us some scenarios can this work and so we wanted to make sure that was a that, that that schedule possibly worked before we even put it as a viable option we wanted all six of the choices in the survey as viable options so yes it can work um there'll be some uh, some adjustment that'll happen um student nutrition and, and and the schools we work on side by side to ensure that all kids have an opportunity to eat but i think lunches will probably be impacted the most on uh, on that making sure they're efficient and get through the line and have enough time to eat 
Now, the buses were driving this as well. Can you say how this affects the bus schedules? I mean, in terms of the, the money and, the, and, and all that stuff that was taken into account? Sure. Um, that's also in my realm, so I'll be happy to address that one too. The reality is we have about a 5 a.m. pickup is our earliest pickup right now for Magnet. Um, it's there. When we move Magnet schools an hour later, that means the earliest pickup is going to be 6 a.m. Um, the high school runs average between 45 minutes and an hour for average for a high school run. Elementary is more like 30 to 35 minutes. Now, there are some exceptions to that, but overall, that's the generalization. So there won't be a pickup time before 6 a.m. Um, starting next year is, is the goal, and that's what we think is realistic. Right now, it's 5 a.m., so that, that hour shift makes a big shift to, for us. Another big part is what you mentioned was the cost and the efficiency. Right now, we currently have 60% of our bus drivers that drive all three levels, meaning they drive elementary, middle, and high. Um, that is a low percentage compared to some of the other districts. We feel like we can uh, gain 10 to 20% of those that can pick up another level uh, that will help us for the cost efficiency. And just to give you an idea, the cost efficiency is about $43,000 this year per run. So every extra level they can pick up is $40,000. Um, so we, we anticipate, we hate to give a dollar figure out and, and not hit that target, but once it gets approved on Tuesday, we'll be able to give you a much better idea of what that looks like. But just in basic looks, we feel like we can eliminate possibly 50 routes. Uh, just to start out with. That's about a $2 million uh, savings just there. Um, but I'll give you more solid figures once we, uh, we get to work through this because, again, again, it's a recommendation from the superintendent. The board still has to approve that before we can forward. Are there any concerns about the elimination of some of those routes in the neighborhoods, the courtesy routes, because some of those kids now will be going to school earlier and at the same time not having a bus route to get them to school? Is that something that was taken into the equation? Well, no, because they won't be going earlier. Um, The elementary time is earlier, and we didn't eliminate uh, unfunded courtesy busing from elementary schools. Uh, the high schools will be later, so anybody they had eliminated is either middle school, which stayed very similar times, or high school, which is actually later. So uh, in that in that argument, it would actually be the opposite. So it would be, be a positive for them. They'd be going a little bit later, and it would definitely be daylight for those kids that will be walking there uh, to school. Gotcha. So now this has to go to the school board, and that's next week? Yes, sir, Tuesday, 17th. Is there any feedback that you've heard from the school board yet in your conversations with them? Or did you run this by them before you put it forward? Well, we, we notified them of what the recommendation would be, obviously, before we uh, before we came to, to the press and went to the principals, because that's yeah. as a courtesy of them. Um, but yes, so far we've heard positive feedback. Um, it's one-on-one conversations. Obviously, we haven't had group conversations based on the Sunshine Law, but the one-on-one conversations I've had have been positive. Um, the first question is, what were the survey results? Uh, they want to make sure that the decision was made was directly related to the actual results from the survey and luckily we can show them in a, a few different ways why that is a they, it is a direct reflection of the survey results okay well i really appreciate you talking with me thanks so much for taking the time not a problem at all jeff i'll talk to you uh, soon i appreciate your time too that's the end of our interview and the end of our podcast if you'd like to participate in this conversation please visit our facebook page tampa bay times gradebook you can also visit our blog for the latest breaking news tampabay.com slash gradebook i'm reporter jeff solacek thanks again for listening